feel like Gordon Bombay would have taken his career to even further heights. Everything's flashy, everything's cocaine, everything's fun. Open wide for some soccer. I don't care what you think about, what your personal thoughts are at home. I care that you hate the Cowboys. Welcome back to the Sports Experience Podcast. I'm Chris. This is Dom. We're a couple of comics out here talking sports. We're actually in the middle of a block episode on some real wrestlers. Real wrestlers. So here we go. Um, before we get started, please follow all of our social medias, Instagram, YouTube. Give us some comments. We've actually been getting comments on um, athletes to actually do some on. We are going to do that. Um, to shout out to uh, Astrostar49. Thank you for commenting. That list was freaking fantastic, and we are definitely going to make those happen or as many of them happen as we possibly can so thank you not only for listening but your suggestions and following directions That's more right. than anything else That's i mean right. like you get a gold star you get a gold star and a pizza party so thank you sir much appreciate banana stickers oh banana stickers dang <laughs> all right we're talking brock lesnar because we're back in the real wrestling real wrestling and uh yeah let's, let's, just get let's into kick it, it off uh, brock edward lesnar born july 12th 1977 in webster south dakota uh, his parents, Stephanie and Richard. He grew up on a dairy farm like Pam, Poovy, and Archer. And if you look at this guy later on and you would be like, where did that guy grow up? I would say a dairy farm. I would say a dairy farm. It's like, where is he from? Dakotas. Which one? Does it matter? Does it no, matter? No, it's just the Dakotas. Just one of them. Just that country. Str- and the crew cut, Chris. Oh, my the God. The crew. Like, it's, it makes so much sense. Like, it doesn't look good on everyone. And he's never had a different haircut. No. Uh-uh. He's never experimented. He's never like, I'm going to grow this out. No. And you know what? He doesn't wear jean shorts like a future rival and the guy wow. that comes back from Afghanistan. Wow. Kiss from a rose, Chris. That's true. <laughs> so he had two older brothers and a younger sister. Um, in high school, he played football and he wrestled, which not real wrestling, but like Olympic style wrestling. That's right. Um, at eight, he, I believe, at uh, Webster High School, he got third in wrestling. Uh, in state as a senior. Uh, I don't know how many wrestlers there are in South Dakota, but third in anything is good. That's right. Um, in uh, He goes to kind of a, not a huge school. He goes to Bismarck St. College. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know if you saw, but when he was 17, he joined the Army National Guard. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, he joined the Army National Guard, um, worked a desk job. He wanted to work with explosives, Chris. Oh, okay. Because that makes sense. you know what? Fire. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Um, the reason he was put at a desk job, though, is he was red and green colorblind, which if you're cutting wires, it's probably some colors you want to know. That's right. I did see he was colorblind. Which So, yeah. I mean, this isn't Vinny Testaverde where it's like, oh, the logo. It's like, which wire do I cut? I cut the red one. Did you? Did you? Brock, you're missing your hands. That's right. So, anyway, he was uh, discharged after he failed a computer typing test because what do those eggheads know? It's true. Typing and started working some construction. But he decides to go, as you said, to uh, Bismarck State College, North Dakota. The Dakotas, Chris, they're interchangeable. But <laughs> sorry, McGriff, McGriff Falls, if anybody else knows. Um, he definitely accelerated or excelled in um, wrestling when he went to college like yeah. he was he was really great in high school but you could see like he was really great i think he got something like uh fifth or something as a freshman but then it ended up transferring to the university of minnesota on a wrestling scholarship yeah because in 1998 his sophomore year at bismarck he won the national junior college uh 
title, yes. essentially, for wrestling. So he goes to Rass- wrestling. This is not real wrestling. Uh, his roommate's with Shelton Benjamin, who was one of his coaches, who's a future real wrestler, I th- too. I thought that was actually really cool. Um, in 99, he finishes second in the mm-hmm. entire country. He loses to Stephen Neal, a guy we brought up on a previous podcast, a Ricky Williams episode, because he wrestled Ricky Williams there in San Diego. <laughs> also a uh, decent guard for uh, the New England Patriots and all their videotaping teams. Uh, but then in 2000, I'll never let it go, Chris. Uh, he wins don't. the national. <laughs> he wins a national championship. Yes, as a senior, which is. Pretty awesome as a heavyweight. Mm-hmm. So he's he's an athlete first, as all the people we're doing episodes on, whether it's Kurt Angle, all of these fellers. Um, two-time National Junior College uh, All-American, 98 National Junior College title, two-time NCAA All-American, and a national title holder. It's pretty damn impressive. Yes, and something I saw because I kind of thought he was going to do more amateur wrestling. Like Because yeah. I, I didn't know, you know about all of uh, his way, but he really went from amateur wrestler to WWF or whatever because they were really scouting a lot of these amateur wrestlers. They were like, if you have, especially heavyweights, if you have this look that he really has, they want to develop you. Well, I mean... Who blazed the trail for him? Kurt Angle. That's right. And that was what I was about to say is Kurt Angle, check out that episode, last one we just released. Um, Kurt Angle literally was their blueprint of looking at it being like, oh, he can adapt to wrestling really fast and the look that they have already. WWE does not require you to cut wires, Chris. That's true. All it does is ask you to be a real wrestler. Real one. (laughs) So in 2000, he's like, like, I'm wearing green tights. They're like, all right, Brock, sure you are, bud. <laughs> the revolting blob. Uh, the 1983 edition of Wrestling World. He <gasps> was supposed to pinch twice when he was running short of air. Funny how someone could get his teaching degree, Max. Uh, so t- shortly after. Sad. And that's why Brock Lesnar will never teach again. It's true. He, he, he will lie about it, everything. Uh, 2000, he signs with the WWF, the Ohio Valley Wrestling, the OVW, um, and he is uh, handpicked by Booker Jim Cornette, and uh, he's part of the Minnesota Stretching Crew, which just sounds like a porn name, Chris. We've, oh, had a, yes. we've had a few of these instances, like the Glenn Davis and Doc Blanchard, Mr. Inside. The Minnesota Stretching Crew is just like, that sounds like a tuna fish hot dish of Stuff. We stretch for you. Yes. You know what I'm saying. But yeah, you're right. And he excels right away. Mm-hmm. Um, the biggest thing that they were saying that he wasn't great at was uh, his mic, like his, his stage presence. But like wrestling obviously came natural. Well, but obviously. he needed to work on his like charisma and his persona and, and a lot of that. And they said that they just kind of like would have the manager talk you know what it's like it's like comedy i mean you can be the funniest motherfucker out there but unless you have stage mechanics and presence and know how to do that's the right. mic technique stop pulling your dick out exactly you know or like start on fire. It's, I mean, that's that's what i mean you, you need to know you need to read that audience and know you gotta know what they're hungry for <laughs> this is a dick out audience they're ready so. for some stretching that's uh, so. right in uh, 2002. Some Minnesota shirt. We're going to get those shirts going because. Please let there be a shirt of Emilio Estevez Ooh. 
possibly not with pants on that says Minnesota Miracle Stretching Crew. Now we're talking. Now it's coming together. Now it's coming together, Pepper. Come on, brother. So, March 18th, 2002, he makes his raw debut with Paul Heyman as his agent. And that's the, I forgot the guy's name. Paul Heyman comes out and pretty much does all of his talking for him, which sometimes really works for these like bigger guys where the mystery, it's almost better to keep that for them to open their mouths and kind of fuck everything up. You exactly. Know? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. they'll do that. They'll do that. They're, they're, they're prone to do it. And you're just like, oh, this guy sucks. Yeah, you're just like, that voice is way too high to fit that body. Yep. Uh, so Steepen that up. <laughs> named him the next big thing. And uh, he started a few with the Hardy Boys, which I found great. I don't know what their wrestling shtick was, but I'm just assuming they had raging clues all the time. Oh, they solved mysteries. They solved mysteries. Yeah. So they drove around in a van and solved mysteries. That's what, you know, they were the Hardy Boys. Um, I always thought, and somebody said this, because when you look at the other wrestlers that he would do, uh, like, programs with, for a while, they were so undersized compared to him. Well, he's just massive. And dude. he was just, until we get into the man with jean shorts, it's almost every single one. And uh, Goldberg, that was, yeah. that was the other one. But still, even hit, even Goldberg was like small, not small, but like you were just like, oh, Jesus Christ, Brock is so gigantic. I remember the first time I saw Brock Lesnar, I'm like, he's from Iowa or somewhere over there, yep. and he will steal your soul by looking at you. Mm-hmm. So, very intimidating character. He's going to rip your arms off and beat you to death with him. <gasps> Wins the 2002 King of the Ring, though, it's summer. So, he's an instant star yes. in WWE, and rightfully so, because he has that look of a real wrestler, yep. pretty much. And he has the wrestling skill. Yeah. The exactly. real wrestling skill. He's not just skill. spearing people like Goldberg. Exactly. It's like, exactly. I mean, it's very Kurt Angley. Yes, very. He has that angle. He's got that angle. He's got that uh, stretching angle, if you know. That's what, that's that's what they like to call it. It's pretty good. Uh, he's starting feuds with Hulk Hogan, and by August 25th, 2002, he is the youngest WWE champion at age 25. I thought that was pretty pretty ridiculous, but then when you look at just his rise, because he just came straight from college to, like, he didn't have that middle part that a lot of people have. I mean, do you think he would have taken college less seriously outside of staying eligible if he knew this is where his life was going? Hell yeah. I mean, when you think about it, this is the second quickest, the youngest, but the second quickest WWE champion since the motherfucking nature boy, Ric Flair. Yeah. That is... I mean, but how can you deny him? He's already, he's already, he's like basically Kurt Angle. It's like ready made. You just need to know how to talk into a camera. And it, it's, I feel like it's better than Kurt because he almost comes with mystery where yeah. Kurt came with like, I'm an Olympic. He came with all this stuff as being Kurt Angle. Brock came as just like, oh, here's this dude who's just going to kill people. <laughs> it's a mystery. It's like, yeah, he won a championship, but Kurt's like, oh, he sat down with Bob Costas that one time. Yes. Like, we know Kurt. Yes. He's friends with us. Exactly. We don't know what he's going to do. Exactly. So, um, basically, just an absolute insane rise to fame mm -hmm. for him. Um, by 2003, he's fighting against the big show, fighting our boy Kurt Angle as well. Um, and he has a no way out match with Chris Benoit before all the madness came in. We always got to so, do a we always got to do a Benoit drop. So did his wife. Yes, she <laughs> did. She had a Benoit drop. Oh, uh, she God. had a no she, way out match. Uh, come on, boys, come on. <laughs> nobody else fell. Poor crime dog. So yeah, nobody else fell. Crime dog. 
March 30th, 2003 at WrestleMania, he beats Angle and yep. wins his second WWE champion. Uh, Chip beats him with a shooting star press that ends in a concussion. I was going to say, and this is the one that everybody said was super scary because he was gigantic, but he also was like fast and, and athletic. So they wanted him to do this like really athletic move. And man, did he land right on his neck. Oh my God. He, I mean, they were saying like he, he was very lucky to not be paralyzed. I mean, it's, it's, Insane, and yeah. what he said, what they said was, is he improvised the duration of the match post? So there was more wrestling to do. There was after the concussion. He just, you know what he did though, and this is what makes him a true champion. He grabbed his nutsack. He went full improv and said, "Yes, and it's true." He yes ended his way to beating Olympic champion and WWE champion Kurt Angle. And I don't. You think- must get so much adrenaline too. Just like yeah, it it, it must be a really silly thing because you are hurting yourself and you have to know that but at the same time you're like this match has got to finish and like just all of that just thought has to be kind of a weird one it's like when i was fat and i was just downing car bombs and just killing like i was in the fucking zone yeah, where now we're just talking. like mm, make it happen yep Gah. you gotta force it out you gotta force it out um then april 27 2003 starts at the feud with John Cena. Yeah. With John Our boy. Cena. Kiss from a rose, John Cena. That's right. <laughs> American hero. American hero. Uh, keeps on uh, having some issues there with the big show. And uh, Kurt Angle here. And then uh, loses that July to Angle mm-hmm. at Vengeance. I love the names for these. Me too. We I brought just... that up before where it's like, I don't know who comes up with the names, but they really are appropriate. And it, they go with the storyline. So, like, the storyline will be going, and you're like, here we go. It's vengeance. Kurt Angle's coming back for vengeance. And you're just like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. I, I did not watch wrestling for a very extended period of time since I was a child. But, like, going back, I know why it hooks people in. Oh, my God. It's, yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> it's like that X you just get dragged back to. Every, it's like, why are you on my f- I remember. Yep. I remember. Um, no Mercy that October. Um, he beats The Undertaker in a biker chain match. Which was a weird one. You know you know what? Sometimes they just throw shit up against the wall and see what sticks. It, and that one didn't necessarily no, uh-uh. stick. <laughs> All I can think of is Emmanuel Lewis as the head of Webster's Dictionary. <laughs> uh, he challenged Angle um, later that year at elimination in a tag team match. Um, what was it? John Cena ended up joining Kurt Angle for this one. Um, that November, he lost to Chris Benoit. And then as we get into 2004, we're nearing the end of the first installment. So uh, we brought this up um, in the Goldberg episode yeah. where I was so surprised that wrestling fans were so into it that they understood that these guys' contracts were ending. And it was it's such a weird thing for me because I always thought that that would have been like such an uh, epic match. Yeah. And you wouldn't have really known that these guys are like, this is it for us. But everybody knew that. Chris, like, when you pay top dollar for full quality theater, you want to know these people. You want to get involved. You want to be in, You want to become them. You want to be the true. spirit of the nightman. That's true. You be the spirit of Brock Lesnar. Like, you know, you got to pay the troll toll. Wait, are you trying to have sex with a young boy? <laughs> no, 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 I, no. I become him. He fills me. Now, I know that I wrote toll. And you're saying whole. He has like a Werther's original in his mouth. It's insane. Can we have a five, please? 
Can we have a five? I'm here. You don't want to see me. So back on to WrestleMania 20 with Goldberg 2004. I'm I was just so sorry. Say, it was supposed to be this huge epic thing, WrestleMania 20, and the fans pretty much just boo them for their entire match because they were like, "Screw these guys, they're done." Stone, Stone Cold, Cold Steve Austin. Austin. He's the he's the ref. I actually I've watched this two times in the last week. That's how much I've been watching this just like this was so good because they were just booing him and then stone cold he gives the the stunner yep. to brock and, and goldberg thinks he's awesome and then he gives one to goldberg and everyone's uh, just like that's why you're our president or whatever i really hope he becomes our president next not this round but 20 2028 Austin Johnson, we're doing it. We're freaking doing it. It's Camacho. Oh, man. So the reason um, uh, Brock is quitting wrestling, or real wrestling at this point, is he has another uh, career path open up for him. I thought this was interesting. This was dope. I remember this distinctly, too. I was rooting so hard for him. He um, goes to the NFL Combine and tries to become an NFL player. And what... Everybody was saying when he went through the combine was he is one of the most athletic people for his size. Now, if he is going to or at least he has the athleticism of that, you know, like NFL. Great. He, he's but like he just, any unpolished prospect yes. at the combine. He just has so much more or less experience than them. I was just going to say, and it everybody like is looking at him like, oh, this is going to be great. But then once they get him out on the field, it is obvious that his skill just isn't there. It, it's the reps. He just doesn't have the reps, which is sad because it's 6'4", 275. He's just a, like a freak for a defensive lineman in like a 4-3 scheme. And that's what they – like he literally had however, however many years off at this point of just never playing. And it sucked because after the combine in April of that year, he was involved in a motorcycle accident. Yep. So he broke his jaw, his left hand, and bruised his pelvis. Mm. How the hell did he even come back and join training camp? But that's what he did. That's what he did because that July he signs with the Vikings and he played preseason with them. I think he played every single preseason game because they were like, we're excited about the potential that you have. And mm-hmm. he just – I feel like you just couldn't get over that hump. No. And, and it's like I said before, if he had played at Bismarck State College in maybe U of M for a couple of years, yep. yes. There there would have been a way higher likelihood of him making the NF. It's just that's really hard to do. And plus at this point, I think he's 27, 28 years old. Yep. So, I mean, unfortunately does not make it with the Vikings. Cut that April, but he starts real wrestling again in Japan. Um, I thought that was interesting. Because it, it's it was almost not like a money grab, but it was almost like I can make I can I can almost do this because NFL is not an option. Yeah, but like, why wouldn't you take the money? Oh, I especially in the the Japan ones because they were saying like they pay so much. It's almost like everybody wants to do the meet and greets and like they're. They talk about the the wrestlers that go over there. It's like, dude, Japan's a and you're probably advertising everything from like you know Kieran to uh, Chin Pokemon, essentially. Oh, that's awesome. Chin Pokemon. Let's see why our kids are really into this. Hey, everybody, I got you. <laughs> so anyway, your penis is so big. <laughs> is the Mister Dunnick, uh, Chris? <laughs> My penis so small. <laughs> I, th- I spoke with Emperor Hirohito. He said my penis was so big. I spoke with Emperor Hirohito. It's such a great one. 
Probably top uh, five South Park if you haven't seen it. Anyway, um, after his uh, stint there in Japan, 2005, now? 2006, now he finds an... I love him because, you know what, he's a true renaissance man for beatings. Well, he really is. He really went through... Because he kind of made the decision he wasn't going to be a, a wrestler really early in this in his career. Yeah. Tried NFL, didn't work out, went to Japan, wrestled a little bit more, and now we see him go into the MMA world. Yep. Which he dominates right away. Well, he's so much bigger yes. than everyone else. And he's, like we were saying, completely. Like so athletic for his size. It, it's not necessarily the NFL. Like th- I'm not shitting on MMA, but when you're that much bigger and stronger than everybody, you can get away with a lack of technique by just being a mammoth human being. Yes, and he is laying the wood straight up to people. So he starts in K1, and mm-hmm. he beats Miso Kim, Minso Kim. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were saying it, it, he literally the guy tapped out from being because he was yeah. on top of him, just like beating the shit out of him. He was just like, I'm done now. Oh, please stop. Um, so he gets immediately gets a UFC debut, mm-hmm. which is really fast. Yeah, that's what everybody's saying. It was just like it was it was this thing that he had star power behind him. Like yeah. it was almost like Kurt Angle joining the the WWF, where it was just like, oh yeah, we already know who this guy is. You don't have to market him. People no. know who he is. Whether you're a football, that's kind of how I learn to know him more outside of because that was like the end of when i started watching wrestling yeah like, but he, but the the attempt at to transition i feel like everybody was in on that they were like oh shit and then we see him actually get a loss against uh, frank mir uh-huh. where they were saying he wasn't skilled enough because he literally like ankle picked him and yeah. just put him in a knee bar right away and that's what they were saying like if you look at that fight compared to like the next five because i think he goes on like a, a dude the next fights that he, he had in a row before the illness and injuries yes fucking insane and this and this is what everyone was saying it was just like you can tell that one he was just like a little new a little yeah. a little fresh and then every other one up until when he gets diverticulitis he is so dominant it's crazy like so he Ends up at UFC 91 as a title fight with Randy Couture, champion yep. for the UFC heavyweight title. Randy Couture, if you don't know, from The Expendables. Watch that movie. And uh, this is November 18th, 2008. And dear Jesus. it's This is because a lot of people are kind of talking shit because he's one and one at this point in the yeah. UFC. He lost to Frank Mir. He beat this other guy, uh, Heath Hearing. And it... It, people were thought that Randy was really gonna take care of him, and yeah. Brock really showed what a fucking ridiculous athlete he is. Whenever I watch him fight, I just think of that scene in Dirty Work where they're the real cops, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I'm sure they needed time off after beating us mercilessly." <laughs> I love when he punches him and he just doesn't do anything, and then Norm, nice Norm punches him and it's just nothing. Hey, how come you get a pool cue? So he fights Mir again. Uh, for the, I will never if not you love like that pina movie. Coladas, G seven. I think that's. I think that's my favorite line. Didn't get my nose bitten off by a Saigon whore. There's a lot of trunk space in that. Lord knows I have, Chris. So beats Randy Couture. He's literally the UFC champion. This is the Lord. God, I try to let that one go. I can't do it. That one's one of my favorites. Dirty work. Check it out. Um, 
So it's just like WWF where he makes this rise right away and he's the champ like really right into it. Um, but then they put him up against Frank Mir where everybody <laughs> says Frank's going to... UFC 100. Out-wrestle him, essentially. Out yeah, uh, July 11, 2009 for the undisputed title. Yeah, I want to bring that up. And Frank gets dominated. He gets his ass beat. It is a, it's the, one of those things where he gets ground and pounded so quick that you're just like, oh, geez, this is Brock at his peak. Could you imagine him in college wrestling those guys? Like When the only guy you lost the title to played in the NFL for like a decade? Yep. Wow. Yeah. I mean, and I think Stephen Neal was like two or three time NCAA champion. So, like, that's wow. And you're rain, like Frank Costanza. I said, rain blows down upon him. I knew there had to be another way. UFC. It's for the rest of us. Yes, it is. Thank you, Chris, so much. Uh, Shane Carwin um, is his next. Oh, I just want to bring this up. So after oh, yeah. the fight, he flips off the crowd. I forgot. Yeah, because yeah. they were not happy. No, they were they, not happy. They didn't like him. Um, he really thought he was going to be like like this baby face. I'm using these WWF terms, um, but he really was a heel because he was almost like given this stuff too early. But he proved that he was worthy of it. Yeah, it's like watching Brendan Schaub in comedy. Yes. And you're like, you don't, and then, but unlike Brock Lesnar, he proves it. He proves it. He proves it. So uh, <laughs> he flips off the crowd, said he hated Bud Light, which was sponsoring the event, promoted yep. Coors Light, and said, Bud Light, don't pay me anything. Nothing. Let me tell you what, Kid Rock, he hated Bud Light before you did, before it was cool. He was on the vanguard of that. <laughs> God. Yeah, I, I for completely different reasons. Obviously, I, I thought that was great because he kind of at this point is like leaning into being the heel, where he's almost like, "Yeah, well, fuck you guys." But he's the perfect heel because he looks like that bully you're afraid of. Yes, like in school, a hundred percent. Like he will shove Joe Rogan in a locker. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, he like we were saying, he goes just on this Shane Carwin fighting, um, uh, basically just another fucking. Dominating, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. and he really is dominating. Um, and it's these fights are kind of spaced out. They're like every um, six months to a year or whatever. Um, he was talking about one of the reasons why he left the WWF is because when you're injured, you essentially have to wrestle every single week. Yeah. So, like, he was talking about when he became the WWF champion, he like his knees were all torn up, and he like he had like a shoulder problem or something. He was like, I had to go out the next week and wrestle. I was the, I was literally the champ. And then he was talking about becoming the champion WWE or in UFC. And he was just like, I had a year to like rehab, yeah, to recover and then go into the next fight. And you're like, oh yeah, that makes more sense. But now he comes into a fight that a lot of people thought he was going to really dominate, and he ends up losing against Cain Velasquez. But in between here, what we have for him, because it's kind of spotty as far as when he's coming back, he gets a touch of the diverticulitis. So, And this is what everybody says, because he comes in almost like a different fighter. I'm not trying to take anything fr away from Cain, but... He, he has fecal this, matter in his abdomen because he tore his intestines. Yep. For it, whatever reason. They thought it was mono for a while, and then they finally found it was diverticulitis. Trust they, me, I've had mono. I would rather have diverticulitis and just shit my brains out. Well, he, they took... There's a couple episodes where I have mono that you can listen to, and yeah. I am just not... It's pre-video. Pre it sucks. It, yeah, I wish it was... It's just me coughing and Ty trying to put it down. Yeah. But they said they took out uh, 12 inches of his lower intestine. 
It's crazy. Which is a lot to take out for diverticulitis. Normally, it's like three to six inches. And so you, it must have been really bad. And oh. then you have to fight Kane fucking Velasquez. Yep. So not good. Not, not good, good for anybody. No. No. It's not um, going to be good for business. That's not going to be good for anybody. That's not going to be good for anybody. So... Uh, loses October 23rd, 2010 uh, at the Honda Center there in Anaheim. Um, yeah, just crappy, dude. Yeah, yeah. Just lack of a better word. Black, yeah, yeah. Um, and then fights uh, Alistair Overeen, and everybody thought this was going to kind of be his comeback. And Alistair goes straight for the body shots. Yep. And this is what everybody was saying. They were like, well, if, he, if his stomach is fucked up, just kick him. And that's exactly what he did. And he literally went down from body shots. And it was like, all right, I don't think he can, I don't think he can go on anymore because he's, he has such a vulnerability. Yeah. It's, it's almost like, I don't even know. Bro, like, what fucking could have been, like, had he not received that shitty medical treatment in Canada? Yeah. Like... You could have had another two to three years where he just dominated, wrecked people. Even long, you don't like yeah. that's you just don't know because he was so dominant. Yeah, but he finds a new career again. Well, I won't say it's a new career. He just finds some. Uh, he goes back to what's home. I was going to say. I feel like the money at this point is like increased a shit ton. So yeah. like now that everybody kind of sees UFC is done, it was like come back to. WWF for five million a year or whatever you know like the the amount they were saying at that point was so much. How could you turn that down? Especially honestly. now that he has this almost like authenticity where he's just like he actually beats yeah. people's ass. He has an origin, more of an origin, story. more of an origin like, it, story. It, I think to to me with wrestling, what makes you interesting is it's like super mysterious, like fucking uh, you know him at the beginning, or now he's coming back, yep, taking names and kicking ass. Um, so in April 2012, uh, General Manager Rod John Laurinaitis, one of the Road Warriors back in the day, yep. Uh, Gets him to come back. Yeah. Gets him to come back. I thought that was cool. I think, dude, that's amazing the, that he would go and do it. The road warrior gets him to come back. His son was a pretty good linebacker for the Rams back in the day, too. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, yeah. awesome. Yeah, he, uh, he was at uh, Ohio State when uh, Shane Falco was there. Oh, so, okay. <laughs> he, did, uh, he did actually play for OSU. But anyway. I know. I know. Okay. He uh, starts a feud right out the Pre, gate with Triple H. <laughs> Pre-FBI. Pre yeah, but... This was the thing that everybody was saying, like the Triple H um, feud was one of the better ones with them because they were almost both hated. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? They were almost like two heels kind of like going at each other. Where, it's a, Yeah, it's, it's like watching uh, prime Manning versus Brady games where you're just like, I don't like either I of these. Bob Parker. <laughs> like either of these guys. <laughs> Boo. Who are you booing? Everyone. All of them. All of them. So the feud with Triple H um, basically uh, nets him. It gets him back in the mix, essentially. Like it's like ah, good old Brock Lesnar's back. Um, in 2014, early 2014, he beats the Big Show at Royal Rumble, and then it sets the stage for WrestleMania 30, where a lot of people didn't like this. No, he, he beats the Undertaker. Yeah, and he because the Undertaker was undefeated for WrestleManias, and they thought he should have just retired as an undefeated. 
WrestleMania wrestler, wrestler, and Brock kind of came in and beat him. When you have creative script writing, Chris, you just have to. That's true. That's very true. You have to take every turn. Sports Illustrated called it the most shocking event since the Montreal screw job with Damn. Brett the Hitman Hart, actually. Damn. Um, that August, he beats uh, John Cena to win the World Heavyweight Championship and also again in Royal Rumble in 2015. I feel like at this point with Cena, there should be a belt, but there also should be jean shorts. Yes, that goes along with it. Yeah, like a championship pair of jean shorts that you just you know hand over to the person as I they're sitting there. I saw somebody talking about Brock Lesnar, and they were like, you don't really, like, when it's a one-on-one match, you get that he's, like, bigger than the other guy. But when it's, like, the Royal Rumble, and there's, like, literally, like, eight guys in the ring, and you just see how much bigger and faster he is, you're just like, oh, yeah, this guy is not fat at all. No, not, that's You know what I mean? There's, there's so many things where you look at these other wrestlers, and you're like, dude, I actually commend you for that body type and what you're doing because this dude is fucking ripped this is what peak performance looks this like this is what peak performance <laughs> this is what peak performance oh that's so good he doesn't work out his glamour muscles only it's true it's true so uh 2015 he starts a new feud with roman reigns and at wrestlemania 31 starts the suplex city bitch craze which is uh funny when you see her hear him say it it's almost comical so i mean to <laughs> Us, I fear, like, you know what I mean? Because he, like, suplexes everybody. He goes, suplex city, bitch. <laughs> he needs to do it from where he's from in the Fargo accent. Oh, my oh, God, dude. That would be perfect. Oh, yeah, oh, suplex yeah. city, bitch. Oh. Like fucking the mom from Bobby's World. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Some Minnesota mom action. Minnesota miracle moms. So he's got it. 2015 in Hell in a Cell. He's going against The Undertaker. Wins match of the year during the 2015 Slammy Awards. Yeah. And then uh, wins at WrestleMania 32 against Ambrose with an F5. Which that's his like, signature that's his, move. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's actually trademarked. He couldn't use it when he wrestled in Japan. WWE oh, trademarked that shit. That actually makes sense. I forget what he changed it to, but yeah, like it's only... like They, 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 they own that. Yeah, they own that. Yeah. Like the, I bet the Stone Cold Stunner is, is owned by them and shit like that like if he was just doing it in the backyard he'd be looking around for like you know when they said the beginning of a baseball game it's like without expressed written consent yes yes you're looking around you're just like don't videotape this is it, is it okay all right we got it we got no it. one's watching the padres anyway you got it brother <laughs> um by uh at this point though he ends up failing a ufc drug test okay i was gonna say so this is when he decides to go back to ufc and and fight mark hunt yes who was uh huge hitting heavyweight and yeah, was. um brock wins the fight and then they come it comes out as he tests positive for whatever the drug that he tested positive for i think was supposed to create ovulation and sterile ladies so uh, i was gonna say because he actually got busted in 2004 yeah. With some, I think it was like some sort of HGH or something, mm. but it was back when, before it was illegal. Yeah. So the judge threw it out and said it was like vitamins. So if anybody <laughs> was saying like, better take your vitamins. Yeah. This, this, it, Brock definitely has had some help to look like that is all I'm saying. But you know what? If you can afford it, why not get help? I mean, I would take steroids if I could, but then it would just result in every show I do doing the Melinda bit for a half hour and choking out some audience members. Oh my God, we're burning alive! 
In comes the meat wagon. Yeah. It would be, be too much Farley. It would, it, would, it would be disturbing. So that's why I don't take steroids. I mean, maybe make, make my ball, big balls shrink, but you know, so, I'm not going to do it. But this is what they were saying was he, he might, it would have been better if it, he just didn't come back. Yeah. You know, so. I mean, it, 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 like, it doesn't have the mystery. It's like, oh, Mark, don't worry about it. I'm, maybe I'm not getting enough estrogen. Yep. <laughs> but anyway, WrestleMania 33 there in 2017 meets up with his old pal Goldberg once again, as we talked about in a previous episode. Yep. And this, I, I did find this interesting because it was almost like a redemption for them where it came back and it was the match that was favorable you know no more steve austin just, just being like got it. crowd i know you're angry yeah but i got this we're turning this around i got this <laughs> it wins a wwe championship for the fifth time yep. which i thought was pretty cool um next kind of uh couple of wrestlemanias um they're in 2018 2019 um fights roman reigns and then seth rollins again yep. so and he's still at it as of 2023, even with COVID and everything else. I was dude. just going to say, I was surprised to see that. And they, and they say this, um, he's literally been a headliner in the WWE for every time, whenever he's in it. You know what I mean? So, like, he was huge in, in the UFC, and whenever he's in something, it's almost like him, The Rock, yeah. or, like, him somebody else in UFC Conor McGregor wasn't around then but you know what I mean so we're like he is always just like the poster child of whatever organization he's in and he's 46 years old and he is a fucking stallion yes. I mean just like still doing it like a champion and Brock Lesnar I mean like that, that that's what I find so amazing is like normally when guys get older what was it the uh, the Greg Giraldo rose to Hulk Hogan. He's like, I thought your show was called Hogan Grows Breasts. Oh my like, God, that's so good. But you look at all these wrestlers, they're almost like in shape but fat. And he yeah. is just in shape. I mean, that, that, that's what's amazing. You keep doing you, Brock Lesnar. Yep. Honestly, like, can't wait to watch more of you and everything else that you do. Keep living the dream, big guy. 